are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Glad you could join me this week. You doing okay? Everybody having a great week? I hope so. Hope you had a really good weekend and you didn't get stuck in all the snow. So let's get right to the news. Seven semis heavily damaged in an overnight truck yard fire. I'm reporting this news uh, the first week of January as of the 6th of January, first full week of January. Authorities in Washington state are investigating after multiple semi-trucks were extensively damaged in an overnight fire. This happened around 10 o'clock at night on Saturday, January 4th. I have to always look at my calendar. Firefighters responded to a call about vehicles on a fire at a trucking company, Harns Pacific Transport. And when they arrived, they got there, company workers were driving trucks away from the property to take them from the flames. With no fire hydrants near the property, firefighters relied on tender trucks to battle the blaze. Thankfully, no injuries were reported. A total of seven trucks and one trailer sustained damage from the fire. The fire was contained before it spread to any buildings. Harms Pacific Transport specializes in hauling dry and liquid fertilizer, and they operate a fleet of about 25 trucks and 50 trailers. Investigators at that time were working to determine the cause of the fire. Officials, though they suspect that an electrical issue may be to blame. And a massive recall is issued for a defect that could cause a truck to move after you put it in park. Navistar, the maker of internationals, has issued a recall for thousands of trucks due to a defect that would cause a parked truck to move, increasing the risk of a crash. Well, you think? Navistar recently announced a recall for certain 2019-2020 international MV and HV, 2018-2020 Workstar, and 2018-2019 Durastar vehicles equipped with the feature codes 12VXT and 12VXU. How do you get the feature code is what I'm wondering. The number of trucks impacted by the recall is only 12,539. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration documents, the recall trucks have a defect that could cause the truck to move when parked. Quote, with the parking brake applied and the automatic transmission in the drive or reverse position, when the stationary PTO switch is engaged by the operator, the engine RPM will ramp up and may overcome the parking brake's ability to hold the vehicle. End quote. This movement would increase the risk of a crash. Okay, well, who's going to... In other words, don't leave your damn truck in drive when you're driving an automatic. Sometimes I forget. and But always put the damn thing in neutral. Don't leave it in reverse. Don't leave it in D. Don't leave it in R. Don't leave it in D. Put it in N, and you won't have that problem. The recall is set to begin January 20th, 
which it happened. Navistar will notify truck owners and truck dealers and will correct the defect free of charge by updating the ECM or engine control module to enable the PTO neutral interlock. In other words, they have that interlock disabled. And so when it's in neutral or driver, whatever, it'll lock the, the PTO power takeoff. And um, truck owners with questions about the recall can call Navistar customer service at 1-800-448-7825 and reference recall number 19518. That's Navistar customer service at 1-800-448-7825 and reference recall number 19518. And according to this article, next in the news, a top paying carrier says truckers should be paid for driver facing cameras and makes them optional. Starting next month, one trucking company is flipping the script on driver facing cameras with an unusual new policy designed to empower drivers with choice. As more and more trucking companies make the decision to use mandatory driver-facing cameras in their truck, an Illinois-based company, GP Transco, they're touting the third highest paying carrier in the U.S., announced this week that starting in February, it will be making driver-facing cameras a completely voluntary option to all their company drivers and stated that they will be paying drivers an extra two cents per mile if they choose to use the driver-facing camera. Quote, driver-facing cameras reduce distracted driving dramatically, but are underutilized largely due to the negative stigma about the technology, says Marja, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, the VP of Safety and HR at GP Transco. Stigma? Really? You can't take a drink? They'll catch you smoking? You can't look down? You know, you have to have tunnel vision and, of course, be looking out both of your mirrors and everything, and that's a stigma? Really? I need something to drink, okay? When I have you know, dry mouth or something like that. You know, I need something to drink. I'm going to take a drink. You know, if I get bored or something, I'm going to snack on something. Don't tell me what I can and can't do driving this goddamn truck. I don't tell you how to run your safety in HR office. Excuse me, I digress. Quote, we know that some drivers do not feel comfortable having them in the truck. That is why we decided to make them optional and to pay our drivers extra for having them. That way, we have a safer fleet and drivers are compensated for their participation. End quote. Two cents a mile like you're really doing me a favor. While driver-facing cameras track distracted driving, they do not provide a live video feed of the cabin, nor do they capture sound. That is important to note since there is some misconception about it in the driver community. Really? Really? Well, I had to know about a couple of females that had driver-facing cameras in their truck, and they mooned the camera? Butt-ass naked? They were called on the carpet by their safety uh, uh, director and chewed out for doing that. So you tell me that driver-facing camera isn't on all the time. Yeah, right, whatever. 
The new option, in, back to the article, the new option increases the top paying carrier drivers pay further and was announced this week following the company's announcement of a fuel incentive profit sharing program for drivers where drivers who are in the top 50% of miles per gallon in their fleet get an extra one cent per mile bonus. Ooh, you can make three cents per mile extra and they pay you 45 cents. I don't know what they pay, but anyway. GP Transco's high base pay combined, but they won't say what it is. With these new incentives, the company's weekly performance bonus program of extra six cents per mile and the benefits company drivers receive makes a carrier a top choice for experienced over-the-road drivers. Does this sound like another ad article? And oh, by the way, the little star on the bottom of this article, this article has sponsored content in it. In other words, they paid um, the news outlet to have this article put in to try to recruit drivers. There again, you think it's a good article and everything, and then it's just an ad. You know, that's what's getting me. So I'm going to start not uh, reporting on these uh, articles anymore. Um, GP Transco even provides a realistic salary calculator on their website. Blah, 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 blah. You can read the rest of the article. That'll be in the show notes. I'm trying to report on the news, and, and the, the outlet that I use for the news, it constantly keeps throwing these ad articles in here, which is, you know, ticking me off. But anyway, in our next article, a main interstate shut down for a pileup involving dozens of vehicles. This happened Tuesday, January 7th, about quarter to eight in the morning, Eastern time. Maine State Police say that dozens of vehicles were involved in a serious pileup crash in Carmel this morning. Pileup occurred in the northbound lanes of I-95 from mile marker 174. Quote, initial reports say blinding sun may have caused the first crash, and then several other vehicles collided in a chain reaction. Maine State Police say that approximately 30 vehicles were involved. Troopers say that some of the drivers involved in the pileup were injured and that at least one person was airlifted to the hospital. They say that some of the northbound lanes of 95 remained closed until at least noon that day. and They, they were asking drivers to find alternate routes. Troopers say that hundreds of vehicles are stranded behind the crash site and they are coordinating with the Maine Depa- Department of Transportation to reroute those drivers. And $54,000 worth of semi-truck tires were stolen cross-country in a theft ring. Suspected theft ring. Ohio police are asking for help from the public at cracking a truck tire theft case. On January 6th, Huber Heights Police Department put out a call for public assistance at identifying several suspects who say they broke into a Kenworth dealership and stole tens of thousands of dollars worth of truck tires and rims. Now this happened back before Christmas. But they're asking for help in two weeks later in January. So uh, their statement says, from the article says as follows. I'll stammer through it. On December 22, 2019, several subjects stole 84 semi-truck wheels and tires from Kenworth located at uh, Center Point 70 Boulevard in Huber Heights, Ohio. Video surveillance has identified at least two suspect vehicles described as a white box truck and a light-colored heavy-duty pickup truck. 
The box truck is a cab over style truck with a lift gate on the bed. Sunrise is printed on one of the side passenger side of the truck with a partial phone number. The logo on the driver's side of the box truck may not match the passenger side. The pickup in question is possibly tan with marker lights on the roof and seat covers on the driver's seat. It is suspected that there were multiple suspects with specialized tools who were traveling across the country hitting multiple locations. If anyone has information about this crime or the suspects, please contact our detectives at 937-233-1565. The estimated value of the tires and rims, $54,000. Or if they're trying to sell the tires and the rims in truck stops, beware. A box truck rolls up to you, hey dude, you know, I got some brand new tires, really cheap, man. Yeah. So, uh, beware. Again, call the detectives at 937-233-1565 in Huber Heights, Ohio. And in other news, FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse website is suddenly experiencing tech difficulties. Hmm, imagine that. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's new drug and alcohol clearinghouse is off to a rocky start as a flood of new users crashed the website and made it all but impossible for employers to complete the newly required background checks. <laughs> On January, go to figure, leave it to the government. On January 6, 2020, the FFCSA mandatory drug and alcohol clearinghouse rule went into effect, meaning that motor carriers are now required to query an online database before hiring a driver and once per year for existing drivers. The rule is meant to give employers and law enforcement real-time access to a driver's drug and alcohol violation record. In other words, you know, look, y'all, if you haven't popped dirty, and I mean, you know, for drugs or alcohol on your drug screen when you uh, random or whatever, don't worry about this clearinghouse. It ain't nothing but a thing, okay? If you, you know, don't worry about your license or anything like that. It's mainly for the people that pop dirty, you know? So I never pop dirty. I know better. My livelihood's on the line. I ain't going to mess with it. But anyway, however, a large influx of users accessing the portal website leading up to January 6th compliance date have resulted in several in intermittent site crashes, making it difficult or impossible for carriers to comply. <laughs> I think it's funny. On Tuesday, the FMCSA, of course, had to acknowledge that the website issues granted motor carriers a temporary reprieve from the drug and alcohol clearinghouse requirements. Not like a little um, procrastination, y'all. A notice on the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse website reads, Notice, if you are an employer currently experiencing technical difficulties accessing the clearinghouse and are unable to con conduct required pre-employment queries, you may hire a driver using solely the procedures set, out, set forth 
like you used to. Once FMCSA has determined and announced that users are able to access the clearinghouse, pre-employment queries must also be conducted as required by section blah 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 It isn't clear how long the website issues could continue. The FMCSA attempted to encourage early registration with the drug and alcohol clearinghouse website opening up voluntary registration on October 1st. To learn more about it, you know, you could click the link here in the article. That'll be in the show notes at the bottom of this post. And in other news, Wyoming lawmakers plot to add tolls to Interstate 80. Check this out. Lawmakers in Wyoming have proposed a bill that would add tolls to Interstate 80. The bill referred to as SF6 was introduced in the Wyoming legislature back in December and is slated for consideration during this legislative session starting in February of 2020. The bill would finance maintenance and repairs on Iowa 80 by establishing a tolling program. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. You know, we can run around Wyoming. To finance, construct, operate, maintain Interstate 80 and accommodate the needs of the traveling public through safe, efficient, convenient, and modern vehicular traffic, it is necessary in the public interest to provide the financing, construction, operation, regulation, and maintenance of Interstate 80 under a tolled configuration. That's a lot of gobbledygook that they're broke and they need your money from the tolling, which they probably won't use, just saying, to fix the highways. The toll configure back to the, the article, the toll configuration will allow Interstate 80 to be maintained and to be operated in a way that will reduce traffic congestion. In other words, they may widen it, delays, hazards, injuries, and fatalities. Not across them mountains, it won't. To carry out these purposes, it is necessary to authorize a Wyoming Transportation Commission with legislative legislative oversight to create and supervise a tolling program within the Department of Transportation to impose tolls and exercise other powers regarding Interstate 80 that are necessary, equitable, and appropriate. Like I said, we could run around Wyoming. The bill does not specify toll payment amounts, nor does it specify how the tolls would be collected or where it's going to be spent. If the bill were to pass, Wyoming would still need permission from the federal government to impose a toll. Similar attempts to begin the process of adding tolls on 80 were proposed in 2008 and 2009, as well as 2017, and they still haven't done it. So far, all plans to toll Iowa 80 have, uh, Iowa 80, I-80, excuse me, Interstate 80, have fizzled. The Wyoming Trucking Association opposes a bill and argues that truckers would simply find another route to avoid the toll. Exactly. The Wyoming Department of Transportation currently spends about $60 million per year on maintaining Interstate 80, but they say that they need another $40 million per year to maintain the interstate infrastructure. Yeah, right, whatever. This episode of Julia's Truckin' Cafe Truckin' News Hour is brought to you by my Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shipper's or receiver's and have to wait to be loaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers, paper mills, and grocery warehouses. So, we have a new sponsor. Now, it's not what you may think. My Patriot Supply is emergency food. 
They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. They come in a slimline tote that you could easily store in your food pantry. I could speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina in my mobile home, we were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. And if it weren't for the MREs that were flown to us, we wouldn't have had any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway, landlocking me in. So I couldn't get out for food. And there were four-mile gas lines. If I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would definitely have some of this food stockpiled in my pantry. And we all know that the weather, one minute it's raining like crazy, the next minute it's snow and freezing rain and ice on the roads. And you need to have some underneath your bunk. Now, for a limited time, you could get a one-week supply of food for just $39. And they even have gluten-free food for just under $100. How do you go and get yours, do you ask? Just go to my website at juliastruckatcafe.com, click on the Emergency Food Supply tab up in the menu bar, scroll down and click on any image to find out more. You need to stay prepared for anything that happens. Get yours today by going to juliastruckatcafe.com, clicking on the emergency food supply tab just below the main header picture, and order yours today. You'll be glad that you did. Now let's get back to the news. A trucker is shot in the leg by an SUV driver during a road rage spat. Here again, Washington State's in the news. Police in Washington State have asked for public help in locating a motorist who injured a truck driver during a sus- suspected road rage incident that happened January 6th around 7.30 in the morning on Monday in Kent, Washington. That's right around Seattle. Police say that the driver of a light-colored SUV pulled up alongside a semi-truck and opened fire, striking the 55-year-old truck driver in the leg before leaving the scene. The truck driver was taken to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. Well, yeah, I didn't get the damn bullet out. On January 7th, the Kent Police Department issued a call for public help in locating the suspect vehicle and shared several photos obtained from surveillance video. So far, police have only described the shooter as an adult male. From the police department, I quote, Kent police detectives were able to locate video of a vehicle seen in the area. The video showed a light-colored sport SUV that was traveling northbound on 84th Avenue South suddenly made a U-turn and then continued southbound. Kent detectives would like to find the owner of this vehicle and just talk with them. Additionally, Kent detectives would like to speak with any witnesses that may have been in the area between 7.20 and 7.30, that's Pacific time, and witness that incident. Witnesses can call the Kent Police Department tip line at 253-856-5808. Again, that's 253-856-5808. Please reference case number 20-214. And a trucker does a good deed for a fellow driver who ran out of fuel. A truck driver recently shared a quick video to document an act of kindness he performed at a truck stop. Aw, talk about patting yourself on the back. The video was shared on Facebook, of course. Carrillo explained that he came upon a fellow driver who ran out of fuel and couldn't find his tow hook near the entrance to the truck stop. When no one else stepped up to help, he said that he took it upon himself to manufacture a unique solution to help the stranded driver get to the pumps. And you can look at the video below 
um, pretty much dragged his ass backwards <laughs> to the pumps, which is kind of risky, but that's what it looks like. He dragged his butt backwards. And the next article is a trucker awarded $50,000 for hitting a historic safety milestone. Not hitting somebody, but hitting a milestone. A trucker company recently celebrated one of their drivers for hitting an historical achievement. J.B. Hunt recognized California-based truck driver Phil Fortin for 5 million safe miles. Well, hell, I got 3.5 million, almost 4 million. Fortin has driven for J.B. Hunt since 1984. J.B. Hunt says that Fortin is the first driver in the company history to hit the 5 million mile mark. Fortin was presented with a check for $50,000 to honor his safety achievement during a ceremony at the J.B. Hunt Southgate California Terminal. The company says Fortin was also presented with a 5 million mile decal for his truck. Fortin said of his safety milestone, I don't know if pride is the word that I would use. I think it's more just being satisfied in the effort that I put into it every day. Kudos to you, Mr. Fortin. State to start using a camera system to ticket drivers in March. In next news article. In just a few weeks, Pennsylvania Department of DOT will be using a camera system to enforce speed limits in construction zones. Starting in March 2020, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation Automated Work Zone Speed Limit Enforcement, or affectionately known as AWZSE program, will go into full effect, meaning drivers caught speeding in a work zone by the camera systems will be ticketed. They describe how the system works as I quote, when a vehicle is deemed to be traveling in excess of 11 miles per hour over the posted speed limit. The system will capture images of the front and rear of the vehicle and related information, speed limit, speed, location, date, time, license plates, etc. This record instead of and the set of images made a, make up a violation. This violation is then transferred back to the office system where registered owner information is then obtained. If the violation passes all necessary quality assurance or quality control checks, a notice of violation is produced and mailed to the registered owner. First time notice of violation will be a warning carrying no financial penalty. Second and subsequent warnings will carry a financial penalty. about that. While there is no fine for the initial violation of the AWZSE program, a second violation will result in a $75 fine, and every violation after that will result in a $150 fine. Pennsylvania DOT has already launched into a 60-day pre-informance testing of AWSE program. Pennsylvania DOT says that the camera systems have been used or are in use in the following locations. Pretty good when they even tell you where the hell they're at. Interstate 78, Section 12 Mile Marker Project. Oh, 12 million project or something like that. Mile Marker 35 to 43. Interstate 476, Mile Post 31 to 38. Interstate 83, Mile Post 3 and 4. US 1, Section RC 1. Interstate 276, US 1, and PA 885. 
And in other news, troopers warn truckers to clear the snow before you go. Yeah, like how the hell we're supposed to do that? I'm not climbing up uh, 13 feet, 6 inches up in the air to clear off snow off my trailer. Are you freaking out of your ever-living mind? On Thursday morning, troopers with the New Hampshire State Police issued a warning to truckers to remove all ice and snow from the rigs or face the possibility of a ticket. January 9th, New Hampshire State Police wrote a Facebook post aimed at truckers who won't clear snow from the trucks. This morning, troopers came across two separate instances involving tractor trailers that did not clean the snow and ice off of their roofs. Some of these ice chunks are three plus inches thick and could cause significant damage to other vehicles and their passengers. We ask that all commercial motor vehicles take the extra time to clean off their trucks and trailers before entering the roadway. Then, uh, New Hampshire State Police cites Jessica's Law, which was passed in 2002 and requires drivers to clear all snow and ice from their vehicles. Fines for violating Jessica's Law range from $250 to $500 for the first offense and $500 to $1,000 for each subsequent offense. Several Facebook users point out to New Hampshire State Police that cleaning off snow and ice is easier said than done without the access of proper equipment equipment, just like I said. Mr. Ken says while trucks by law need to be cleaned off, it should be cleaned off. It is a lot more difficult and dangerous to clean off these vehicles than a personal vehicle. Some companies have installed systems like scrapers and other ways of doing it. However, if the company hasn't done this, then drivers would be expected to do it. I have friends that are truck drivers. A lot of drivers are not in the best shape or health. Heart issues, obesity, other disabilities, etc. Now they need to get a ladder, climb on top of a truck. If there is ice they have to try and break it off without slipping and falling off the side if there's a weak point in the roof or if the truck could or they could fall through the roof a lot of drivers are not physically capable of this and they are not given hazard pay for it it's about safe height regulations for osha without a way to attach a safety harness seems like a problem osha needs to get involved with while they require to clean them off i agree they should uh they should 100 see why they don't Brian says, I'd love to see how to properly clean the snow and ice from a trailer roof. They are 13 feet, 6 inches high and 53 feet long. That's 720 square feet of roof. Most people don't even uh, don't even clean their back windows off. Warren says, for those of you saying buy a ladder and roof rake, where would an over-the-road driver keep a 13-foot ladder? Not to mention the roof rake. I'm in 100% agreement we need to clean our trucks. I'm lucky enough to work at a facility where we can safely access the top of our trucks, but saying it's simple, just buy a roof rake and a ladder isn't going to solve it. The rake, you could clean the edges of the trailer for sure. Never going up reach the middle of the trailer it just won't happen they aren't designed to work like that secondly find a company that wants their driver to climb up an icy ladder and an icy roof there isn't a simple answer to a difficult problem exactly exactly my point and in other news devastating late night fire rips through a new york trucking company this happened in, this was reported on january 10th And it happened January 9th. New York authorities are working to determine the cause of a fire that caused major damage at a truck company on Thursday, January 9th. The fire started around 10.45 p.m. Eastern Time at Goulet Trucking Facilities in Shodak, New York. Local authorities say that the fire was reported by a passing motorist. 
Multiple fire departments responded to the scene to find a building engulfed in flames. And in New York Trucking Company to shut down more and more than 100 to be laid off. More than 100 workers will be laid off soon due to the permanent closure of a New York Trucking Company. New York Express and Logistics will close down for good March 31st. A total of 107 workers will be laid off on March 31st. New York Express and Logistics cites the loss of a contract with delivery company DHL as the reason for the closure. That's what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket, isn't it? New York Express and Logistics is a subsidiary of New Hampshire-based Northeast Freightways. New York Express and Logistics closure is one of the first trucking company shutdowns of 2020. Last year, hundreds of trucking companies, and we know all about Celadon and everybody else, they reiterate. And a Texas couple is sentenced for a semi-truck tire theft conspiracy. This week, a Texas husband and wife team were sentenced to federal prison in order to pay millions in restitution for their role in orchestrating a major commercial vehicle tire theft ring. On January 8th, San Antonio residents Joel Vargas, 34, and Angelica Vargas, 39, were both sentenced to federal prison by a judge in Eastern District of Texas. Mr. Vargas, who was convicted in 2019 on two counts of interstate transportation of stolen property, conspiracy to transport stolen property in interstate commerce, and tampering with a witness, was sentenced to 235 months in federal prison in order to pay restitution in the amount of $1,278,580.27. His wife, who was also convicted of conspiracy to transport stolen property and interstate commerce in 2019, excuse me, was sentenced to 60 months in federal prison in order to pay restitution in the amount of $1,071,344.38. The U.S. Attorney's Office described the truck theft scheme as follows, I quote, According to information presented to the court on December 17, 2017, this happened three years ago going on in their first hour sentence. Over $38,000 in automotive tires were stolen during a burglary of the Goodyear Commercial Tire and Service Center on Cardinal Drive in Beaumont, Texas. Now, let me stop right there. For those of you, since I previously worked for attorneys, for those of you who don't know, anything over $2,000 is a felony any kind of theft at all or bouncing a check over two grand is a a felony then back to the article the investigation of the burglary led to joel angelica vargas who were part of a multi-participant conspiracy the conspiracy targeted commercial tire businesses resulting in the theft trafficking and sale of commercial tires specifically semi-truck tires over a 15-year period The conspiracy targeted over 100 tire stores or concrete gravel yards where they would force entry onto the premises, disable surveillance equipment, steal the tires, then remove the tires in rental moving van type vehicles. Over 50 rental moving vehicles were stolen to to facilitate the crimes. I'll spit it out eventually. Joel Vargas was also found guilty of threatening a trial witness. In all, seven individuals were convicted as a part of this investigation. U.S. Attorney Joseph D. Brown says this was a major theft ring that cost businesses a very large amount of money. 
they all operated all over the state of Texas. And in sad news, it's been over five years since the 193-vehicle pileup, one of the biggest in history. It happened in Michigan. The infamous crash occurred during winter weather conditions on January 9th, 2015 on I-94 near Galesburg, Michigan. In total, 76 semi-trucks and 117 passenger vehicles collided, shutting down both directions of I-94 for over 18 hours. A Canadian truck driver lost his life in that crash and 18 other people were injured. Though the crash was ultimately blamed on unsafe driving, with several drivers receiving citations, the Michigan Department of Transportation made no efforts to improve I-94 to prevent a crash like this from ever happening again. These improvements included resurfacing, more traffic cameras, and new weather information has made, I'm sorry, has made efforts, a new weather information systems. And there's a video in the bottom of this article that if you care to watch it, you could go to the show notes and see the article. And Missouri is getting smart as far as my personal opinion. A bill would outlaw driverless trucks on Missouri roads. A Missouri lawmaker recently proposed legislation that would require the presence of a qualified licensed driver inside all autonomous vehicles in their state. On January 8th, Representative Mike Moon introduced HB 2059 in the Missouri House. The bill would outlaw the automated operation of an autonomous motor vehicle unless a person who is licensed to drive the vehicle is present. From the text of the bill, quote, no automated motor vehicle shall be operated in an automatic mode on a highway or street in this state unless that person is present in the vehicle who is licensed to operate the vehicle in this country, who is trained in the operation of the automated motor vehicle, and has the ability to monitor the automated vehicle's performance and immediately take control of its movements if necessary. The operation of an automated motor vehicle on a highway or street in this state shall be subject to the laws and regulations of the state applicable to a conventional human driver and conventional motor vehicle of the same classification. The fine for violating the terms laid out in the bill would be $1,000. Representative Moon has spoken out against driverless vehicles in the past as a threat to jobs and to highway safety. You go, Moon! Industry group Truckers from Missouri has come out in support of the bill, with group organizer and owner-operator Bill Bogar remarking that this would be America's first industry offensive on autonomous technology to protect our citizens and jobs against corporate greed. Thank you very much. Bogar organized a rally at the Missouri State Capitol in Jeff City in August 2019 to raise awareness about the dangers posed by driverless technology and to show support for Moon as he began work drafting the legislation that would become HB 20 House Bill 2059. During that rally, Bogar explained to local news the threats that driverless trucks pose to the men and women of the trucking industry quote this is my job i mean once these things come in i'm done i'm out most of these people coming in today are literally a week out of being in business from being out of business end quote so kudos to them and lastly a woman sentenced for selling truckers $174,000 worth of phony insurance policies. 
A California woman has been sentenced to prison in order to pay restitution after she was convicted on charges related to stealing $174,000 worth of insurance premiums from truck drivers. On January 10, 34-year-old Connie Free was sentenced to 180 days in prison, 180 days of work release, and more than four years of probation. She was also ordered to pay restitution. Authorities say that Free was convicted on 22 felony counts and one misdemeanor count, including grand theft and forgery of her role in a scheme that excuse me, that duped 11 victims out of at least $174,000. According to investigators, Free targeted port truck drivers who lost their operator authority as a result of not having insurance. And under the alias of Justice Insurance or Pure Justice Insurance Agency, accepted insurance premium payments from the truck drivers but failing to pass the payments along to insurance companies, opting instead to keep the money for herself. California Department of Insurance detailed Free's alleged scheme as I quote, the investigation found Free would establish contact with her victims by soliciting them through the telephone, email, or a postcard offering competitive quotes with attractive rates on commercial vehicle insurance. Free then would gather the inf victim's vehicle information. She would provide a quote for the desired coverage and, if accepted, have the victim make cash payment directly into her bank account so she could pay the carrier to immediately establish a policy for them. Some victims receive fraudulent certificates of insurance and insurance identification cards, which made them believe Free actually placed their insurance coverage. Free's victims were primarily truck drivers and small businesses in the trucking or charter bus industry. Some of Free's victims discovered that their authority, quote-unquote, to operate as a motor carrier was suspended by reviewing their own status on either the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration or Uniform Intermodal Interchange and Facilities Access Agreement websites. In other words, you could go to the FMCSA website and you could see if you're, uh, what standing your authority is in. Kind of like your um, EIN or anything like that if you're a business owner to make sure that you're still in good standing. You do that with the Secretary of State, but with trucking, you have to do it through the FMCSA. In some cases, these victims were turned away when attempting to haul loads from or return chassis to port terminals or service client sites. Other victims had to decline jobs after learning free fail to place coverage. These victims were forced to find and pay for other policies to meet the coverage requirements that would allow them to resume their businesses, causing them to incur losses over and above the premium amounts provided to free for non-existent policies. Free failed to provide refunds and in most circumstances refused to even respond to inquiries made by her victims, end quote. Quote, this agent robbed truck drivers who already has some of America's hardest jobs, end quote, said Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara. This unlicensed agent not only stole from her clients, she put them at risk of losing their livelihood. Thanks to the hard work of Department of Insurance investigators and the Riverside County DA's office, she will now have to pay restitution to those she harmed, end quote. The California Department of Insurance has ordered the permanent revocation of freeze license. And I would like to say I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to listen to me here on the cafe. 
If you are new to the cafe and you would like to check us out, at the bottom of every podcast episode on the website at juliastruckercafe.com, I have links that I've listed where you can find me, like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, and many more. I also want to thank all of my new subscribers to YouTube. I'm trying to hit 100, and I'm so close. I only need 15 more. So if you would like to see a video version of this podcast, just check out my channel at juliastruckercafe.com. Do a search for it because I don't have the link up because I'm trying to hit 100 subscribers on YouTube. So it's Julia's Truck Cafe. Do a search on YouTube and you can see the video version of it. Also, please like us on Facebook and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck Cafe regulars. On the website, I share recipes, videos, cooking videos, and much more. If you wouldn't mind please subscribe to our email list i will send you the show notes all the articles right to your inbox this way you don't have to come back to the website which i'm glad that you do to view the articles that i reference in every show in the show notes and in the future if you are a member of the email list and when i'm having new things coming out you'll be priority in getting those new things that are in the works before i forget please leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to good bad or ugly i read each and every one and if you have an idea for an upcoming show please feel free to email me my email is on the contact page at info at juliastruckercafe.com i read each and every email thank you so much if you enjoy the show i have a link in the bottom to my patreon account you can do either a three five or ten dollar monthly donation and for each donation over five dollars you get free access to my private chat discord group which is a private real-time live discussion group now if you wouldn't mind uh helping out the show i give you kudos for it and you get a bunch of free gifts for being a monthly sponsor patreon i'll have that link in the description and it's also on the youtube channel in the description thank you so much for listening y'all take care have a blessed week and keep the shiny side up have been listening to Julia's Truck and Cafe Truck and News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.